0: What you're about to hear is the further discussion episode with Alex Edelman, the co founder and CEO of Lolly. So, if you didn't check out the first episode, Lolly's a really cool platform. It basically is a platform that's giving away Bitcoin for free. Yes, you heard that right. The caveat is just that you have to go about your daily life, buy your groceries, buy clothing online, that kind of stuff. And if it's with a merchant that's partnered with Lolly, and they've got over 950 now and growing rapidly, places like Safeway and Booking.com and many, many more, then when you spend money with those merchants, they give you Bitcoin back as a percentage of those purchases. It's incredible. A totally frictionless way to either get your feet wet with Bitcoin, or if you're an OG Bitcoiner and you're just trying to stack sats constantly, then what better way to actually continue stacking while you spend if you're like me every dollar you spend you think man this could be going into bitcoin well now when you're buying those essentials that you need for daily life it's still going to be getting you bitcoin back in the form of sats so it's really a win-win for everybody involved awesome company um and this portion is just a chance for myself and alex to have an open dialogue we talk about bitcoin we talk about lolly we talk about a bunch of other stuff as well. If you like this and you haven't yet checked out the rapid fire episode, I highly recommend you check that out. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Let's do it. Alex, hey John, how are you? Hey brother, how's it going?
1: Good, man. Uh, where are you calling from?
0: I'm calling from Phuket, Thailand. 6 a.m. Oh, nice. So I just got That's my awesome. just pressed out a coffee, so just getting going.
1: Yeah, I love I love Thailand. Beautiful.
0: So I know uh, I've. Listened to a number of podcasts over the last couple of days. Heard the Lolly story, and I'll get you to describe what Lolly is just in your own words, uh, and then we can go further from there.
1: Great, yeah. So uh, Lolly is—it's very simple. It's a Bitcoin rewards company that gives you uh, free Bitcoin when you shop online. Uh, we've partnered with over 950 merchants uh, that pay us when our users shop their sites, and so we, then we pass that that uh, money back in Bitcoin to their Lolly wallets. Um, people can earn on average, like 7% back, uh, from these merchants. So there's like significant deals, uh, to different places like to earn. Um, yeah, that's like, that's basically the synopsis of what Lolly is. And then, uh, clearly like a a long story, how we got here.
0: Sure. It's pretty, it's a pretty simple concept. And I, as is so often the case in this space, there's so many companies and people doing so much cool stuff. Like you hear about a new product or service and you get it and you're like oh that's super cool and then like you move on and in the course of listening to some of the other podcasts and you you touched on this in most of them is it's actually a way bigger deal than i had originally thought like you you know like a rewards program sort of company it's super cool and it pays btc instead of you know uh, rewards points or whatever but when you consider the fact that the sticking point, you know, everyone always talks about the, the gap between, the adoption gap. Like, what is that kind of, how can we close that gap between people that have heard about it and are interested in it, but just like, I don't know which wallet to use, I don't know which exchange to use. If I get it, how do I store it, I'm unsure about that, all that kind of stuff. And, and Lolly is basically coming along and saying, don't change anything about your life. Live, install this extension, live your life, done. And just accumulate, you know, stack sats as a result of doing your normal thing. We'll take care of making the decision about wallet and storage and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, for each one of those things, Lolly's not a perfect solution, but it gets the ball rolling in all those regards. And then once people start to become familiar with having it and how it works and receiving it and possibly sending some, then they've just by default crossed that kind of like chasm between... Being a non-coiner and a, and a and a coiner, and then they can figure out you know which kind of rabbit hole they want to go on from there. But it's like I I, I didn't initially realize how big of a deal it was, but it's it's huge.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah, I appreciate you like listening to the the podcast and and uh, also yeah, really uh, seeing it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's really exciting. It, it's we're sort of like flipping uh, what the how the fiat world existed, but recreating the patterns that we saw. So, you know, in the, in the fiat world, we saw early days, uh, PayPal comes out, uh, credit cards are are used more easily, and people can pay more simply, um, and then rewards programs have, have evolved over the years to encourage people to, you know, spend online or to spend with different cards or different services. Uh, we're sort of reversing that model and saying, look, like people don't want to pay with Bitcoin. It, it is a right now a store of value. Yeah. So. There's no real incentive for merchants to accept it, and there's no real incentive for people to spend it. So where's the activity? And so earning and cashback model, which is already a proven business model uh, that we know very well from our time at Ebates, we said, well, let's recreate that. And because that model works and it fits within the principles of what people want out of Bitcoin. right? The right. merchants want new customers. They want to test the waters with Bitcoin. And then the consumer wants to um accumulate bitcoin and bitcoin is very very difficult to get unless you're a miner or an investor so it takes these it solves these two very big issues with with uh, the distribution and education of bitcoin uh with with as you're right, a simple model uh that then evolves into something way greater
0: yeah and i remember when i first got into bitcoin and you were i guess we all were encouraged to like play around with it spend some like send some that kind of thing and I mean, we all probably look back at that time now and we're like, fuck, you know, like we probably were a little bit more loose with some of the from some Bitcoin that we want than we would be now, you know, all things considered. But if we had if we were able to start from a from a place of pretty much just getting some by default of our normal life, I mean, it's such a. Of course, early adopters, we have to kind of bear the brunt of the early mistakes in in, in everything, so fair play, and we we yeah. all there also there's some upside right but um, but I just think it's such a better way to getting that initial like getting your toes wet initially, and you know so many people, I'm sure you've had this happen in your life over the last several years will ask you like, what is this bitcoin stuff, and like how can I?" How can I get involved? And before, it had to be like a long, drawn-out conversation. Like, be really careful. Once you get it, don't leave it on exchanges. And, like, you know, it, it was kind of a painful conversation. And as a result, maybe you had less of them or you just didn't want to, you know, engage in them. But now you can just say, download Lolly."
1: Yeah, 30 seconds. You're there. <laughs> yeah. there. There you are. You're stacking sats. You're earning Bitcoin. There's, yeah. It's 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 almost – um, like one thing, <clears throat> so, uh, my last company was acquired by Ebates and we, we worked there our, our team, uh, same team as last company. <clears throat> one of the things that we, we like learned is to this day, people still don't understand how Ebates works. It just seems like this magic thing. And so many people just say like, it's like too good to be true. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing we're, we're trying to you know educate people is like, there, this is a model that has been working for 20 years that is a real company that, um, it, distributes a lot of cash we can distribute a lot of bitcoin and it's it is so simple that it almost feels like too good to be true
0: yeah and i'm not you know my in my excitement i i'm not trying to shill for lolly but i really think it's such a you know it's such a great first step for people and it's like it's not as though it's taking from you in any capacity right it's it's literally a reward in btc like you're getting it you know for free you're getting what you would have bought before as you know as you would would have anyways, and you're getting the BTC back. So, you know, to my mind, I'm just I just want to know when you're going to be. My, I'm from Canada originally, and I want to know when oh, you when you guys are going up there.
1: Yeah, so that's that's the most likely the next country that we're launching. So Amazing. we're trying to secure as many partnerships there as possible before we do. That's that's the biggest thing. You know, with the, the technology and the legal compliance is part of it. Yeah, um, just going you know expanding internationally. Uh, but the biggest thing is establishing partnerships so that it has the same experience when you are in Canada as when you're in the US. So um, we we have a lot of really good partners that we're talking with right now. And I, I feel pretty confident given the uh, traction that we've had in the US. I feel very confident that we're going to have that same sort of
0: uh, excitement in, in Canada as well. And there's got to be some, a lot of the retailers that are already on the platform that have operations in Canada. Would that make, you know, they'll probably come on the Canadian platform as well?
1: Yeah, and that's part of it. So there's like some merchants that are already on the platform that have presences in Canada. Uh, they do have different teams, and so you have to talk with the new team and the new decision makers. So you have to navigate. Yeah. Uh, with my last company, we primarily worked with a, a lot of these merchants, um, but we worked with the U.S. merchants, um, not so much the Canadian merchants. So we are trying to like leverage the partnerships, le- leverage the um, what we've done, and, and expand there. But we really just like we just started uh, expanding there. We've had to build like the, the technology to support it. Um, and then we've had to do a lot of like legal compliance uh, to make sure that we we're not going there and then getting like, you know, uh, cease and desist or being potentially like
0: arrested. Right, uh, right.
1: By there. So um, got to like, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's on that front
0: yeah what kind of compliance is required for a service like lolly so if we if we break it down the 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 model kind of works you approach the retailers you pitch them by effectively saying i have this group of people that would be motivated by a certain type of reward we're providing that reward bitcoin so you you and it's on that basis that you negotiate kickbacks from them and then you take part of it and you pass and then you convert part of it to Bitcoin and pass it on to your your uh, users, right? Correct.
1: Um, but when you go into a new country, they have new laws about how they how they handle rebates, how they handle any like um, do what they could. Like the U.S. does not consider us a money transmitter because no one's buying and selling Bitcoin, so we don't we don't fit the you know the um, the uh, check boxes that are required for that. Yeah. But Canada. I mean luckily Canada operates very similarly but like we have to have a statement saying this is what we do this is how we operate and um and like yeah
0: so that to make sure that we're like doing everything the right way yeah and do you see the do you see on either the US operation or or anywhere in the future like will this be available for i guess SME sort of retailer like Costco and Cisco and places like that where you've got restaurants doing purchases or like, will it be available for that? Or is it always going to be more cons- like individual consumer facing, uh, retailers on the platform?
1: I think it'll really be like what our customers demand. So, you know, we have, a, we're super active on Twitter and people are always asking for new merchants that some of them like weren't even on Ebates when we were there. And, and so we're constantly reaching out to new merchants that, uh, didn't have not played in the space before, but see us as a way to attract new, new users. And then we also have a lot of like young, cool millennial brands um, that are not on on Ebates either um, because they don't want to like cheapen the brand right. uh, with right. cashback from another company. Whereas we, our, our company is more around like financial literacy, Bitcoin education, uh, and financial empowerment. So the brand fits a lot better with a lot of the merchants um, that that have chosen to go with us um, over certain cashback companies. Right. So um, I, I I won't say like you know, Cisco and like restaurant services, it could be like a really interesting Avenue. Um, you know, one of our biggest is, uh, office Depot and and office max. And a lot of people are using it for their office of like, you know, stacking sats um, when they buy office supplies, if they run like a small business, uh, that's something that, um, has been like really successful for a lot of people. So, um, I, you know, I'd love to add company travel. Um, like right now, you know, uh, we work with booking.com, hotels.com, priceline, but uh, it'd be great to add like concur or something like that that is doing company travel to let people stack when they're when they're traveling for work. Yeah. Um, there's so many things that that I want to add. Um, like our mobile app that we just started working on. Um, it's it, the whole idea is is how do we make bitcoin part of someone's everyday life? Yeah. So walking into the store and like getting your coffee and going and getting your Uber or your Lyft or, or you know, whatever you choose to do, uh, taking these moments and that you would, that would be a part of your, your daily life, and attaching Bitcoin to it and creating this ritual around stacking sats, earning Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, you know, just listening to you describe it, man, and I'm like, I'm super frugal, right? Like, I usually only spend on things that, you know, the essentials, basically, I don't like wasting money. But I can mm-hmm. see that, like, kind of, that faucet loosening a bit if I knew in the back of my mind or in the, in the, in the fore of my mind that if I'm going out and buying stuff like, well, I'm going to get 7% back in, in, in sats for this. Like I could, I can see myself being like looser with, with my spending just because I have such a, you know, an affinity or desire to, to stack, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I think there's, there's like a, you know, it's, it's our responsibility not to push too hard on like people buying. I I actually I, I tweet this out every once in a while. Just like buy only what you need <laughs> because it can be addicting. And we do not want to be this like you know this dopamine rush or this heroin of of Bitcoin. Because um, like stacking stats, it feels good. There's only twenty. There's only twenty one million of these things, and we're trying. Like everybody wants some, and we're giving people a really easy way to do it. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, you know, if you don't buy, like some, if there's something you don't need and you don't buy it, um, you know, you could potentially be using that to go buy more Bitcoin. So right. it's, I think for the ecosystem to evolve and for us to be like a, a, a good, um, you know, partner and, and also just a good company in the space and, and not be evil. Um, I do think there's a lot that we need to be doing, uh, that is encouraging people to buy what they need or buy things that, uh, th- that they really do want. Um, and that like but, but not to just do it, just to do it, just to stack sacks. Sure. But I mean, when you do the math, like if you, if you average like 7% across all your purchases every year, you should hypothetically be able, if you really wanted to spend, like, let's just say 5% more and, you know, get some things that you would want and know that that Bitcoin is going to accumulate and potentially be worth more. Um, and so you have more of like a easier way of life and you can think about, um, you know stocking stats at every moment
0: and and it's i think that's a net good thing well man it's always awesome to be you know to be involved in a company where it's literally if you if the option is available to you like if the retailers are in your area or they 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 provide services in your area or whatever you'd be insane not to use it like to to be to be in a company (laughs) that that has that proposition like you would be insane not to use us that's that's a pretty cool place to be at right like if you if you i know you did the safeway deal somewhat recently right yeah like if you if you buy your groceries at safeway and you're not getting i don't know what the the commission on safeway purchases is if it's like four percent or seven or whatever it is but if you're not using that you're insane you know like it's free money you're leaving on the table every day when you go buy your groceries or your dinner or whatever
1: yeah, so it's like three and a half percent back on groceries, and people spend thousands and thousands of dollars on groceries. So, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, I- imagine you know at the end of the year having hundreds of dollars of Bitcoin, and and if you joined us early, um, you know, Bitcoin was at like thirty eight hundred, and so those people, you know, hypothetically would be would have you know maybe a few thousand dollars in Bitcoin uh, just by buying groceries. So. It's uh yeah we we want to bring on more merchants like like Safeway that are doing things that are daily experiences things that you need and I think to answer your question the psychology um around lowering time preference that Bitcoin naturally attracts mm-hmm. is is really interesting because what it also does is it lowers the preference for um for thinking about what you need and we find people will actually go to Lolly first think about the purchase, find the best retailer to to buy from and then make the purchase and get sats back. Whereas before they might've made like an impulse purchase. They, they would have like had a thought they had like a high time preference. Uh, they might've shopped at like Amazon versus like shopping around for the best deal and the Bitcoin back. So I think it's, it's actually training like a really savvy shopper, uh, to, to consider a lot of different things and also to, to lower their time preference, um, about, with, how much they spend, when they spend, and how much they're earning back uh, at these
0: different merchants. Yeah. Well, man, like everything that Bitcoin touches, it has this magical impact on people's behavior that just seems to, in most cases, like, change their behavior for the better you know, in, 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 a ver- in a variety of different ways. Um, I did want to ask you, though, I noticed that like, Trip.com was one of the retailers, and I'm not singling, mm-hmm. singling them out, I just mean like co- online retailers that, are, that serve an international market. Like would, would I still be able to earn sats back if I use trip.com, like I have an account there and stuff like that, or do I have to be right now US citizen or US address or anything like that?
1: So um, yeah, it's, it's sort of a sense of like, like legally we have to be US only. Um, we, 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 it's like, it's tough to know that we have a lot of users who are like using VPNs and sort of like tricking, uh, or like, you know, trying to figure their way out. And, wow. and so we cannot support international. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, if you can figure out a way to, to use it internationally, um, we just can't like, my whole thing with product is I want to provide the best possible experience. I want it to work 100% of the time. And in the U S it works hundred percent of the time with all of our, our merchants If you are using it outside the U.S., it it's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like we're not gonna be like, like if if you're if if you if you're stacking sats and you're figure out a way to do it, um, like it's one of those things where I'm like I'm not gonna be mad, right? Like I, I kind of want everyone to have Bitcoin, uh, but it's at the same time it's more about like our merchants are can be like might not reward you because you're not in the U.S. Right? Like technically right now our merchants. Um, we we have agreements where it's all U.S. individuals uh, that shop get rewarded. Um, and so what what has happened is we've had a lot of users internationally that have like figured out ways they've gotten creative. I'm sure you can like fill in the dots to like show that they're in the U.S. or to work with some of our merchants that do have international programs. But because we can't advertise internationally yet, um, having like like there are merchants that we have that technically serve. Thailand and they serve Japan and they serve all these other places, but we can't go there with like five merchants and expect to have any sort of market penetration. And, and, and we also to support those, uh, in the masses, uh, would be very difficult. So sure. yeah, that's where, that's where that's sort of my stance right now.
0: But um, I guess, I like, guess what I'm asking is like, is the, when the merchant records the purchase as being, um, eligible for a reward through Lolly, like, do they look at the IP, the shipping address? Like, what is it that they use to conf- like, confirm that a reward is eligible, like a, a purchase is eligible for a reward? Some do,
1: some don't. Uh, it's, right. It really depends. It's like some, some merchants are, uh, like right now, our agreement that we have 100% that I, that I vouch by, I, I, uh, we reward even if it doesn't work, whatever. Uh, is all u s purchases that's what we can get behind um, there's so many exclusions uh, that multiply when you go into other countries where some merchants that are like they only reward first time purchasers if you are in Thailand or they only re- reward for flights if you're in Japan um, so there's all of these like exclusions and if you can you can imagine when you have a thousand merchants and each of them has different exclusions for every country the the Um, that number starts to like multiply the amount of databases you have to maintain and also support, uh, with your support team and everything like that. Right. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons why we aren't truly like 100% supporting international. There's the legal side. There's the, um, the just like logistics of it. Uh, there's the partnerships. Um, but we've done really, really well in the U S and that's why we're expanding to Canada. And that's why we're expanding to more places over the next year. Um, and we've had an incredible amount of um, international support. So, um, yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll get everywhere eventually and kind of like, you know, use at your own risk until then, right, if you are right. international.
0: What's, what's kind of like, if, we, if we're if we trying to assess, Lolly's been operating for a year, right? Last August is when you launched?
1: Yeah. Le- yeah. yeah. 11 months. Um, yeah, coming on a year.
0: So, I mean, can you share any data in, just in terms of, for example, like how much btc have you paid out or something like that just to get an idea for scale of like the impact thus far um i mean we've
1: driven uh millions and millions of dollars of sales um we we have tens of thousands of users um on the platform that are earning um like active users and um let's see what are some other stats stats we can share um, twenty, like an average wallet size of, uh, and this is also including like our newer users, which is you know it's backloaded because uh, we're growing exponentially. Uh, but the average user has has already earned um, twenty six dollars in Bitcoin. When which, if you take the actual average, it's like that's pretty crazy to think about. Like how many people were introducing to Bitcoin and that had a pretty like like twenty six dollars um, as an average is like pretty good in so if you do like a non sort of weighted average it like that there's a, a lot of people who have earned a lot of Bitcoin yeah um, just by like changing their habits and and, and shopping at, at lolly merchants yeah
0: and also with I heard you say on another podcast that and you know this is again just so indicative of of Bitcoin and the industry and it's one of the another one of the awesome things about it but you actually obviously when you work with merchants they have an incentive to pay you a commission to bring them a new customer even though it reduces their their ultimate take but their their kind of premise is that it's a customer they wouldn't have had otherwise so they're paying you a commission for bringing them a new customer but you also mentioned that certain brands uh I can't I think it was a clothing brand that you mentioned before you've mentioned a number of times in in a couple of different interviews but basically brands that have like a really kind of Strong stance on not diluting their brand through discounts or whatever have actually partnered with with you just because of the, the the brand strength of Lolly, but also the the kind of the the benefit to be derived as a brand from being connected with Bitcoin in some capacity. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. <clears throat> so one of the one of the reasons why we we have positioned Lolly. Um, and and this kind of this more so comes back to like um, Matt myself Matt's my co-founder uh, the team's belief of Bitcoin as a you know future um, medium of exchange and, and store of value and the importance of self-sovereign money and and also money uh, like decentralized uh, currency and digital currency uh, that doesn't need third parties um, so I, I think that there is this larger uh, belief, that we need to educate people on what new money is and you know, it's like, it's, you know, why this, you know, this podcast is so, so much needed. Why it's why they're like all these different parts need to come together to educate this next generation about what their money is. And with cashback, it's just like rewards or coupons or whatever. Like there's nothing really like that exciting. It sort of cheapens the brand to have like coupons and, and cash back in cert- certain ways. Whereas Bitcoin, in a lot of cases can elevate the brand, uh, especially when you're doing what we're doing, which is like Bitcoin education and teaching people about like the importance of it um, and, and why everybody should should own some. Um, and, and so I think, yeah, that a lot of brands have gotten behind that and see the importance of it and want their uh, their shoppers to to be educated and to be to understand um, like what Bitcoin is. So yeah. uh, our brands align really well on that front.
0: And when you, when you speak with these merchants and you start negotiating, there's some interest is do, do, do merchants retail merchants have kind of like a flat, like if they're going to deal with a rebate company or, or whatever, do they have a flat commission or is that something you negotiate based on a bunch of different metrics about the types of customers you can bring them and that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, it's everything's negotiable, I guess, with every, with every merchant. So, right. uh, we, we try to get higher rates than our competitors in the cashback space Ah, uh, because of we are bringing more value. We are bringing a lot of um, you know financial literacy to the table, and we're sharing a lot of that with our with our uh, uh, customer, or user. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that so far we've been able to get higher rates in a lot of cases and lower rates in others. Um, some merchants they they more care about volume and the type of customer that we're bringing more so than they do about the story of Bitcoin, and that's the case for in most well, most merchants. They kind of look at us as a number, and they see, hey, we're bringing in x amount, x amount of million dollars in sales for you, um, and they they treat us as such. And then the more that we drive, more sales we drive, the higher the rates get. Uh, some merchants care about the brand, and they do the research, and they're like, okay, we want to align ourselves with a Bitcoin company, and they want to be a Bitcoin friendly company. But it's it's really split across the board. Like it really depends on the merchant
0: and who's behind it and who we're talking to there. Right. Is is there a fall off? Like you, you sign up a merchant, and I assume you know, they have to commit to a certain period of time. But is there any risk that, you know, after a year they think like, well, we've acquired that customer or, you know, maybe it slows down or like, is there any risk of fall off or is it just a matter of as more users come on Lolly, obviously they're going to be kind of funneled to these retailers. And why would you, why would you fall off if that's continuing to be the case?
1: Yeah, it's really, it's like, as long as we keep growing and as long as Bitcoin keeps growing, um, I think we should be fine. Uh, This is a great question, though, because... The merchants do care about that and they, they wanna see that, that the space is getting bigger. Uh, they wanna see that we are getting bigger and we're, we're acquiring you know more users and that those users are shopping um, at their site as opposed to, let's just say like, Walmart wants to drive customers away from Amazon. So we have to show that our users would have primarily shopped at Amazon and now they're shopping at Walmart. Right. Um, and, and so the drop off, is possible? I think, like from my experience at Ebates, um, one of the things that like would consistently happen is merchants would get really confident and they would say, "Oh, we don't need Ebates anymore." We're like, we're, you guys aren't driving any incrementality to us," and then they would they would leave Ebates, but then they would always come back because they realize like it, it, just the model always works. Like people became loyal to Ebates, um, and the same way that they're becoming loyal to Bitcoin, and and they don't want to leave Bitcoin once you once you've started earning Bitcoin for all your purchases, you only want to earn Bitcoin on all your purchases as you noted. And I'm, I'm the same way. I'm guilty of it. I'm, I'm biased, but I'm like, sure. I have completely changed because now it's like, I will not buy something if I'm not going to stack sats on it. Right. And, And, and so now it's like, I think that we like our, our merchants see that. And so far, none of them have left the platform jet folded into Walmart, but that had, you know, and they just dropped their, their program in general with Ebates and I think everybody Um, but with we have not had a merchant that's come on board that's been like yeah we're good and and we're out Um, the space is like too exciting we're the leader in it and it's uh, I think people are just getting like really excited about um, the
0: how big this thing is going to be and what are some of like when you go into these negotiations or pitches with with merchants to come on the platform what are some of the reasons why they don't like assuming they have assuming they've had or are open to rewards programs in some capacity what's the reason for saying no to like lol what lolly does in particular
1: yeah so so they're really gosh um <laughs> nobody's really said no so I guess, far <laughs> yeah I, I, if we can get in no there have like amazon I, I talk to them every month and they haven't come on board right. uh we're just not big enough right now to like drive meaningful sales to amazon and Amazon has their own rewards pl- platform, and they're, they're, like that's what they're pushing. So they don't need to come on the platform until we're driving so much revenue to Walmart and to Sam's Club and to all their com- overstock, um, all their competitors. So my goal is just to keep driving sales away from Amazon and until eventually they come on the platform and, and want to join us. And then it becomes up to the consumer to say, okay, I can either earn 1% back on Amazon or I can earn... Um, you know, five percent back on Walmart, and then you make the decision of where you shop anyway, um, but it would be great to have like Amazon it would be great to have everybody on board.
0: Um, and tweet merch- at Bezos every now and then I hear: what's that? And tweet at Bezos every now and then I hear.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, that, I tweet at Elon and, and, and Bezos every once in a while. I have to.
0: What are you saying to Elon? Get it for Tesla.
1: With Tesla.: Nice. Yeah, that would be huge. I think so, too. Uh, we've got a few users that said they would literally buy a Tesla if they could earn Bitcoin back on it. So I'm like, I've, got, I've probably got like 300K in sales for, for, for him if he's down. <laughs> so got, got to, um, maybe I've got to have him on the podcast and, and uh, smoke him up like uh, Joe Rogan or yeah, something. Yeah, man.
0: <laughs> I mean, like I think I tweeted this out the other day and Lolly picked it up. But, you know, Elon's that kind of crazy that you could see him you know doing something like that on a dime right just be like yeah this sounds cool let's do that yeah i,
1: I, that's I don't what know I if think. they discount
0: their product at, at all i get the feeling that they don't but you know who knows but,
1: but for them bitcoin would be less about the discount and more about like you know they would they would like actually convert a sale or they would like educate people on on bitcoin it would be like a marketing thing for them right I think it'd just be a big splash. Like if, if Elon tweeted out yesterday or tomorrow, hey, stacking Sats with Tesla, people would go crazy.
0: Oh, it would be huge. Um, yeah, but so as as far as reasons why uh, retailers say no at this point, what would they be? Just you're not big enough. You you mentioned that it's, for Amazon.
1: It's either we're not big enough. They they haven't seen how active our users are. So like I always encourage people on Twitter to just like tweet at these merchants like get them in, involved like when like get involved in our twitter uh because i send people all of these tweets i'm like i'm like look like airbnb you guys were the most requested merchant like this time around and everybody wants you guys to come on the platform and and vrbo vrbo their you know their biggest competitor is doing incredible on our platform and every like we just keep sending all these airbnb customers to vrbo um and until they're like you know going to join like they're just losing sales so um, a lot of merchants just are hesitant to do outside loyalty programs. They want to do internal loyalty programs. Some startups are just like not able to do all the tracking and to do like uh, like payouts and, and, and that kind of thing. So it really depends. But there's not – the, the nice thing is I look at every merchant and I haven't heard one that has said we're not in because of Bitcoin. Like no, none of them – have have looked at us and said that which mm-hmm. has been really really nice like there's been some that that are like very curious and are fascinated with like how it works and making sure that it's not a scam but i've never heard any merchant not join us because we were a bitcoin company which is a, a really good signal
0: right did the, did did the dynamic of, of those pitches change at all during let's say like december 2018 when we were kind of right at the bottom of of the bear market like was there any change in sentiment regarding, you know, the people that you were speaking with?
1: Yeah, there was it was interesting launching in a bear market. Um, I don't think a lot of people like talk about that. It's uh, there's there was a good thing, which a lot of the uh, scammers like, you know, cleared out and there was a lot less noise. Um, But there was also some like negative sentiments um, outside that, you know, there were merchants that were a little hesitant, given what they had heard. And then when I talked to them about the principles and got them on board, um it like then they understood the the significance of it but um and it, they saw like hey like wasn't wasn't bitcoin didn't didn't bitcoin go from like uh
0: you know nineteen
1: thousand to 4k and, and like you know what does that mean and all that sort of stuff and and so there was a little hesitation around like price and like how we did that and or how we you know um what we did there but it was nice launching in the bear market because it was kind of quiet like there weren't a lot of uh there, there still are not very many competitors um which has been really good um it's let us like get really far out ahead and be like the winner in the space and then also develop these deep partnerships with these merchants where those are like difficult to replace like if if some if competitors came out and they were to um like compete with us they would have to fight our our relationships and our rates Um, which I think are are difficult because a lot of these merchants have chosen us as like their Bitcoin company. Right. Um, so having over 950 merchants that are like their Bitcoin play has been a really nice thing. Um, so there's been like a a lot of really good things about like launching in a bear market, uh, that we would not have had if we had launched like during the craziness. Um, we kind of launched at like when it was at around 4,000,
0: um, and then it's gone up since. Well, I was just going to say. I mean, that's one of the huge benefits is that you get all your initial users on the platform, and then they get to experience like a three, four x, you know, within a few months. I mean, what what better? You couldn't ask for a better initial result for your your users, right?
1: Exactly. There's like immediate validation, and like all of our early users are then telling their friends about it because they earned all this Bitcoin, right? Um, Whereas if you came in. If you like if we had launched at like nineteen thousand and they earned all this uh Bitcoin there and bit they
0: they're
1: gonna be yeah, it's gonna it's just like not they're not gonna be that pumped. Right. Um but if you're earning it now, now it's now it's going up. It's been really good for, for our users.
0: Yeah. I mean, man, all this is super positive. And I, I mean it really seems like you know, the future is bright for you guys. Is there any risk that this model will change? Like is there anything on the horizon that you guys see that the rewards model changes or anything like that? Or is this a pretty established industry for a number of years to come?
1: Ebates has been around for 20 years. Um, I, you know, they've, they've evolved the model quite a bit. Um, but I don't see, I don't see it going anywhere. Uh, like the, the, it, everybody wins in, with this model. So <laughs> you don't see free, free like,
0: money really like go a service that provides free money really going out of demand, you know?
1: Yeah, like maybe merchants like cut back their rates in the future if we truly aren't growing or if we aren't bringing new users or um, I guess if Bitcoin is not what we think it is and can be, um, then then that changes. Um, But right now, I mean, there's a reason why we're super focused on Bitcoin and Bitcoin only and why that's so important. Um, You know, we want to establish credibility with with all parties and and Bitcoin is the one that I have the most trust in um, that has proven its value to society over time. So what where I think a lot of people like might launch companies that might be playing around different tokens, different spaces like this is about Bitcoin and Bitcoin is the the most valuable, um, you know, cryptocurrency and uh, store of value and future medium of exchange. And so the more that we can do to distribute that and to educate people on that, um, like with this rewards model, the better. And we also on our end. Will be diversifying to other rewards models that are not just like online cash back. We'll be doing mobile cash back. We'll be doing card linked offers. We'll be doing, um, you know, lending. There's all these types of ways where we can, where people can earn more Bitcoin and stack more sats that will diversify our reliance on one model uh, to like to have and to own.
0: Right. Um, now, I want to ask you about some like a recent. I don't know if controversy is the right word, a minor like uh, controversy on Twitter where the stack sats TM issue. What, what was that all about?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a big misunderstanding, but <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we like cleared it up. Um, I think there was, it, it was interesting. Um, people thought we trademarked stacking sats and I think there was a lot of like armchair lawyers out there that thought they understood what trademarking is and they didn't, for one, we didn't trademark anything. Uh, two, um, we had the like legal like, advice to say, you need to establish certain marks that you're using in commerce. Stacking Sats has been, we have been like, you know, the biggest uh, in, the second, in the Stacking Sats movement. There's been so many people that have like done it around different companies, but we've really gone out and um, really tr- you know, tr- like uh, advertised Stacking Sats. It's like one of our biggest marketing Um, terms it's like one of the best memes in the space yeah um and so we in order to um sorry one sec um so yeah in in order to um really like capture that value and defend it for our users and the the bitcoin community um our, our our council one sec i'm not sure what that sound is okay um so okay so in order to um, like defend the mark in commerce and not have a malicious third party come out and say, uh, you can't use this. Um, And then for us to go like spend all these legal dollars in defending it, we established the mark in commerce. People got mad about it um, because they thought that we were trying to stop people from using it. um, And that was simply not the case. So I, I'm sure you saw like our, like our uh, tweet storm. That was just like, Hey, giant misunderstanding, um, like this is what we're actually doing. We're actually trying to defend the, the term for the community. But it's one of those things, like once the, once the Twitter mob, like, you know, goes, goes after something and believes something as truth, without any evidence or anything, it's really tough to like, um, you know, defend that. Yeah. So Marty and Matt are friends of, of mine and, and the companies. They've been huge believers in stacking stats from day one and big supporters. And Matt was one of the first people to really coin the term. And he, um, yeah, I mean, I called him up and I was like, I was like, Hey man, I am so sorry for the misunderstanding. Like we, we at some point we need to like, you know, think about how do we defend this in more formal matter for, for, for all of us. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but right now, like I, there's nothing going on. You can like look at the trademark office. Like if we had filed something every it, it's public information. Right. So there's not, um, yeah, it was, it was a strange interaction sure. Uh, I think it's part like outrage culture um, of just like going out there. And then one thing that a lot of people couldn't see is that there was a lot of like altcoins and people who were just sort of like angry at the Bitcoin community that riled it up. And like it may have looked like it was a bigger deal than it was um, because like there was a lot of people who were like anti Bitcoin that were like retweeting it and sharing it and being like, oh, you know, Bitcoin's up in arms. It's like and it's like. It wasn't that big of a deal at the end of the day. Everybody was like, once we cleared things up, it was done after like a few hours. People were like, okay, that's fine. Uh, Matt cleared it up with all his followers and it was all good.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, everybody likes a good controversy. And, uh, you know, the BTC community is a very protective of their baby sort of uh, community. But what, totally. what so. What does establishing the mark in commerce mean? Like when when you say that's what Lolly was, was doing, if so, th- you weren't trademarking it, but like, what does that mean? Just mean, means that like nobody can co-opt it in the future or.
1: That nobody can take stake claim to the mark as their own. Um, and not let us continue to use that to, right. to
0: use it. Right.
1: So, so we like if somebody let's just say you're
0: not you're not that doesn't prohibit anybody else from using it it just means nobody can prohibit anybody from using it exactly right
1: yeah so if somebody tried to like stake claim to to a trademark around stacking sacks uh a good legal team would see that we established using that in commerce and like on our website in our social media and that if somebody else came along like we would be able to defend ourselves saying like, no, they don't have the rights to to own that term. Uh we've been using it since this date. Right. Um and that's that's why our you know our team you know put that on our website uh to establish it in commerce.
0: And so I but was there ever a TM next to it on your website? Was that just kind of like a cheeky like kind of a joke?
1: Yeah, so putting a trademark on something doesn't mean putting a TM on something doesn't mean it has a trademark. Right. It just it can say like this is like a, a mark in commerce so that it was distinguishable from saying we like we're stacking sats or like let's like let's stack some sats. And if we said that in passing on social media, it's different than like saying in, in capital letters, stacking sats on our website saying we're not using this in passing. Like, like it would be like, like, just do it. Yeah. A million people said just do it uh, before Nike ever coined the term or, say, or said like, just do it. Like people have always said, just do it. But Nike, like plenty of people have used that. And, but did they establish it in commerce? And so now Nike, you know, has said like, we established that in commerce and they have the trademark to it. Um, And imagine if someone tried to do that where a company had already been using, just do it in commerce. Like, like the the issue was that like there were these, like um, there's people. So Matt O'Dell is one of them. Matt O'Dell had been using it a lot about us and about cash app, but he had never, he had never used it in commerce because he was using it as an individual. So there, and then like cash app, I don't think ever used it themselves. And so we were like, we, and probably a few other companies were using it, but if a company came along and tried to do what we were like accused of maliciously, and then they, they won because someone like didn't do their research or didn't see the mark in commerce. Then that that gets really that, that that gets really scary of what someone could do with that.
0: Right, got you. You know, it was interesting also the 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 kind of approach to social media that was on display from Lolly during this whole time, and I, I heard you discuss this on another podcast, and I think it's indicative of you know what's really cool about today, especially companies that are are aligned, you know, that are really genuine about the products and service and industry that they're in. You know, so for you guys, obviously you're true believers in BTC, Bitcoin, you want to, you know, you don't want to foster mainstream adoption. And I think what that allows brands to do is like be really personal with their, you know, with Twitter and with their marketing and and, and branding sort of departments. And, you know, if you, if you looked at Lolly's Twitter during this time, and it's all, you know, it's always been kind of that way, but it was really on display that like it just sounded like a person was on the other end of the Twitter account, not like a managed PR sort of thing. Right. Can you talk about like yeah, your it's, approach? It's just me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, yeah. what's your approach to PR and branding and marketing in a, you know, in an environment where you don't need to hide anything and you're so aligned with the product and service you're providing?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I have a, I have a belief about like just the future companies. They, they need to feel like people, they need to be people. Um, if, and like, the Lolly Twitter account is just me. Like it's just I, it, I could be tweeting out for my personal account for all you know for uh, like you know all intents and purposes. Like I I think that um, it needed to feel like how I wanted to interact with Bitcoin for the first time. I think that Bitcoin is ha, has been very unapproachable, and I think it's very confusing. And there's things that have worked for it with that worked for us. Um, and I think memes are an incredibly powerful tool to almost – to educate people um, while they don't feel educated. So – or they don't feel like they are ge- being educated. Right, right. So like all these – like stacking sats, for instance. If you were to break down stacking sats as a meme, it's one of the most incredible things in the world because it's, it's teaching somebody about like your stack. It's for, – for one, the alliteration is brilliant. Two, sats. People will say, well, what are sats? How am I like? Like what? What is this? So then you learn Satoshi's. So then you learn that how like Bitcoin can be talked about and broken down, and the different nomenclatures of Bitcoin. And then you realize that you don't have to own a full Bitcoin. You can own a bunch of Satoshi's, and and Bitcoin can be broken down from there. And so there's there's like
0: and it's, all these and it's things. worth to own in in super small amounts. The 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 insinuation there. It's like
1: because it still has gone up. Yeah. Whether you own a Satoshi or whether you own a Bitcoin. Those have all gone up in value, and that's important to understand. And this idea that there's only 21 million of them, and you have to stack them all, and it's just like you know, you're you're stacking them and and, going. Dude, it's
0: it's even changed my like you know, I don't need to be sold on Bitcoin. You know, I've been down the rabbit hole for a long time. But even me, when like when that as a result of that meme, I'm like, I stack more because of that that meme.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's so real. And I think that people that are coming into the space are thinking about it now. Yeah. So and it's just it's not just that meme. It's like a, it's a bunch of other memes, but um companies have to feel real and they have to feel good um, when you interact with them because at the end of the day, like, you know, we don't want to interact with this like faceless brand. We wanna interact with a person. Yeah. We want to feel like we're yeah. being heard. And I I just like, you know, I started tweeting out like, you know, when we launched and um, I just did it from the hip of like what I was feeling, what I thought was funny. Um, You know, what, what like I was laughing at. Yeah. Um, And then, and then so sure, like some of our, some of the stuff that we post are like absolutely ridiculous and we have like, you know, really stupid and funny memes, but a lot of the stuff that we do, we couple it with like education and we, we, uh, we teach our users about Bitcoin and why it's important in a variety of ways.
0: Yeah, man, I definitely think the community and the people that are consuming whatever those uh, outputs are, really appreciate, like, the genuineness and authenticity. Like, I'm, and I think, yeah, I just think they really appreciate it. And I think it goes back to that thing which I mentioned at the beginning of, of our chat is that, you know, Bitcoin seems to inspire this sort of behavior in people. Like, it se- it seems to be this thing that inspires you to be more genuine or maybe the truth of Bitcoin inspires, like, truth in the people that engage with it. In some in some weird way that's like not fully fleshed out in my mind, but just like, it's such a pure thing that if you're going to be involved in it, I feel like it, it pushes you to reflect that purity. And I know that's like a pretty. No, I
1: love that. I think that is so true. There's this like, once you get the bug and once you learn, then, then it's like you, you, you just get it. You want to share it. You want to like, um evangelize it and and it's just it's a crazy thing
0: right and if you if you caught if you caught yourself being kind of like overly textbook pr with let's say for example your 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 company twitter account i feel like you just feel icky you'd be like "Ah, you know this is not what bitcoin's about like bitcoin is about being open and honest and like talking how you want to talk and expressing yourself in the way you want to express and you know i know there's an inclination to to uh credit bitcoin for like every good thing that's happening you know in your life or the world but it's it's the funniest thing like you have this open decentralized protocol value transfer blah 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 whichever way you want to describe it and somehow it's having this like this this like insidious effect on so many different areas something that you would have thought was completely unrelated like you know self-expression or communication but it's impacting even that
1: Exactly. It's, it's really, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's changing how companies are being formed. They have to be more open. They have to be held accountable. If, if there was, if a company did come out with a malicious intent to take away, like let's just say stacking stats or any, any sort of meme in the space, um, they would just be crucified. Like imagine if that was the case, like we're, we are creating a free market, like both with the technologies that we're creating, but then also um, with the ethos of the companies that we're creating a- around it. Um, like I, I, had a, I had a call with a few other, like, you know, CEOs of Bitcoin companies about the need to do something to defend these marks in commerce. Um, and that we, there's something that we need to do to like work together. And these are, you know, some of these people are like potential competitors. Some of these people are like, you know, complementary companies, but everybody came together and was like, what you brought up was like a really big thing. Like, we were trying to establish that, like, yes, you, you have to work within the laws of your state that you're in the, the nation that you're in. That is the truth of like the world that we're in. We can't just just dis- like destroy all laws. We have to like, you know, work within them. Um, but then how do we protect ourselves and how do we build this future, you know, group of companies with the ethos that uh, and like building the future that we want to live in, um, while still like pushing innovation and pushing uh, governments to change and and making the world a better place?
0: Yeah, yeah, man. I I just think you know the community is so anti bullshit, and that's a direct result of of Bitcoin's mystique or you know, the impact it has on people. And I think the the companies and brands and individuals that embody that the most stand to gain the most because obviously it insinuates that you're doing that with your product and service and that's your approach to your customers and support and and everything right so if we see if you see it in one capacity you're kind of inclined to think that it exists in others and i think we're going into a future where like as lolly has kind of done brand expression and brand communication that kind of stuff is is really coming down to like a way more personal level not everything's going to be Like manicured for you know proper impact by a PR agency and all that kind of stuff. It's just like it's it's a recognition that behind this company is a bunch of people, a bunch of passionate, honest, genuine, motivated, excited people. And why not communicate with those directly rather than acting like you're some big monolithic you know entity that needs to have everything properly articulated all the time?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like I mean, I I think when like the whole stacking stats thing happened, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I just like. I, I was literally on a phone call when it happened and I was just, I was like, no way. Are pe- really? Like people thought we trademarked this thing. And so I just started like, I don't know if you saw the tweets, but I was like, LOL, trademark.
0: <laughs> I, I did see like, that.
1: Like do your do your own research, trademark or whatever it was. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like I think that's that's how I would have tweet. Like that's how I tweet. Like yeah. I, I, uh, I think we were just, and I think that it's sort of like, broke uh some of the tension i think to start and then we you know clearly came out with our statement being just like like look guys like this is how this is how the world works and this is like what we did and this and and like and everyone was okay with it they just wanted the source of truth um and so we had to you know
0: tell everyone what we did yeah Speaking of source of truth and this is the last question you know I, I was listening to another one of your podcasts I think it was on Tales from the Crypt and you guys were getting you know you're having a few drinks and kind of getting into like you know and which is awesome. this is exactly what we're talking about where you know you can be yourself because you, what, what you're, the product and service you're engaged in stands on its own you know but you the, the quote I extracted from it was uh, I get fucked up every day with truth and I love it. you said that on, on the <laughs> podcast, right? And it and it, 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 re- it resonated with me because, you know, I'm, I, I guess I'm exactly the same. Like I contemplate these things, like what is truth and how does it, what's the relation, you know, the truth, the truth shall set you free and all these different concepts of truth and how they relate to things you're doing in your life. But I just, if at all, could you put some more meat on, on that statement?
1: Yeah, good pullback. Um <laughs> uh i am trying to think of like what was it was it when we were talking about religion or was it we were talking what was i mean
0: i I honestly think it was a a mixed bag of like you were talking about bitcoin and religion you were just like man oh yeah you know i i get fucked up every day (laughs) with with truth and i love it (laughs)
1: um yeah man i think i think kind of that's just my personality uh i naturally i'm like a very curious person um i i uh did a lot of um research uh i guess over the last couple of years in just trying to find, uh, what truth is. Um, and, and I, I kept coming back to Hume, uh, can encourage everyone to like read a little Hume, um, like not, not super exciting, but it's like really interesting. And it's, it's especially if, if you're someone who's like searching for truth at, at any moment. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, um, I am constantly trying to find what is real? And that's what led me to question what money is. It's what led me to question what religion is. It leads me to question everything. Yeah. And I wish I had all the answers and I don't, but I am constantly looking for the answers and trying to find the truth. I'm tr- always doing my research, uh, always looking for what is real. Um, and I think this world is like, there's a, there's a lack, there's a scarcity on truth. Um, there's a, like scarcity on what do we know is as fact. Um, I mean, every day I feel like there's something that comes out in the news where I'm like, well, geez, I thought that was like, you know, the theory of relativity or I thought that was like a principle of the world. I thought that was like gravity. And then you realize like you knew nothing. Um, and so I think it's important to like just as as uh, humans um, that that should and, and, um, and can evolve constantly, like we should constantly be asking and questioning everything. And getting fucked up on truth every day, so <laughs> I, I I try to. I mean, I I feel like maybe um, you know some days some days I just need to focus and like go call ten merchants and like you know really you know just focus and not question everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a good exercise to constantly be questioning things and constantly be asking asking important questions. Um, and that arguably is the most important uh, one of the biggest reasons with money right now of like why Bitcoin has not been so pervasive and why. Uh, like people are not asking enough questions people don't understand money yeah um and, and that's a really important um factor of society people need to understand what money is and where it comes from totally I, I,
0: I couldn't agree more i think that's an affinity that a lot of people in the bitcoin space share and i think it's also the, one of the reasons why we're seeing kind of the weird fucked up behavior in certain elements of society today is because people aren't oh aren't humble enough to live kind of in the question and have have cemented themselves in different camps or of thinking and as a result of course there's going to be clashes and people just you know i think would benefit a lot from being more comfortable with living in that question mark and being like i'm interested in everything strong opinions loosely held i'm, I'm always open to have my mind changed and again i think that's why bitcoin you know b- people in the bitcoin community like interacting with each other so much because there is that kind of underlying like ethos i guess
1: totally agree I just I feel like so many people in the space like have that that ethos have that uh, like view of life and I, I just I love that.
0: Alex, I really appreciate it. Uh, just had a, such a great time conversing with you. Uh, I think at this point everybody's gonna know where to go to to find out more. But if you want to throw out Twitter or or or, or, or uh, website or anything like that, feel free.
1: Yeah just lolly.com L-O-L-L-L-I.com. and then try lolly is where we're at on Twitter. you know as we talked about super active. Uh, always love to hear about, you know, anything from the community. Um, and and yeah, just keep us accountable. Keep asking for new merchants, better rates, everything. So uh, and we'll keep giving it to people. So thank you so much for uh, taking the time to interview. And yeah, really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks, Alex. And I uh, I look forward to uh, a deeper dive on some of these issues when we uh, meet face to face someday and do a, a live recording. But until then, all the best uh, with everything related to Lolly and in your own pursuits. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk in the future. Awesome. Take care, John. Take care, brother. Cheers. Bye. What's up, Mark, Andrew, Laura, Stephen, Jennifer, John? I'm sure I hit a few people with that. Um, I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Alex Edelman, the co founder and CEO of Lolly. If you're in the US and you're not currently using Lolly, then what in the name of God are you waiting for? Download the extension, start getting sats back on your purchases. I'm super jealous that you can do it and I can't yet, but luckily, Lolly seems to be moving toward Canada and other destinations, which is awesome. Anyways, if you haven't yet checked out the Rapid Fire episode, then head over and get some insight into how Alex is thinking around some of the larger questions around Bitcoin money and some other fun stuff. So definitely check that out if you haven't yet. That's it. See ya.